and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Had some eventful weeks here in my household. Oh. I mean, eventful, like not in a good way. Like I say eventful, that sounds exciting. We we just had, everybody had the flu. <laughs> That's that, not. That is an event. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fun though. Um. I was working in the hospital and both the kids got the flu. They're fine. I can only, I would only talk about this like so flippantly if they were fine. I hope, I hope everybody knows that. Um, they were just really snotty. Like, oh. that's so gross. Yeah. Like, and they, they both, I think because they thought, well, we're sick, we don't have to clean up after ourselves, which like they barely do anyway. So uh, we can just throw these tissues everywhere. Oh, God. So I've just been picking up snotty tissues everywhere, on every surface. Tables, couches, floors, beds. They're everywhere. I know. awful. It's a testament to my own immune system, though. I have not gotten sick. Mm, Just waiting for the moment it takes you down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what your chances (laughs) are like there, Sid. I don't know. I think I'm just very tough and strong and <laughs> right. Oh, that's yeah. what that's what matters if you get sick or not, how tough that's, and strong you are. Yeah. Uh, I I intimidate the virus too much. So the, it, it Yeah. It looked at you and went, No, mm-hmm. not that one. We won't win with that one. Let's, let's not even try. We don't Sid, we don't even, I gotta be <laughs> that honest. One'll crush us. If that's how it worked, I don't know how Cooper got sick. That's yeah. a very good observation. I, I don't. I if I were a virus, I'd be like, nah, not that one. I will say, Cooper got through it a lot faster, a lot faster. And mm-hmm. but I mean, Cooper is more like me in that, like she de- she didn't acknowledge that she was sick until it was like, honey, we can tell like you're sick. We we know like you can't deny it anymore. We can see that you're sick. <laughs> And then it's like, she doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to, like, fine, whatever, I'm sick. No, I'm not going to do anything, but could we not dwell on it? Could we not, like, focus on it? I don't want to think about it. And then as she, fast She doesn't as, want her enemies knowing her weakness. <laughs> it really is like that. Like, let's not, let's not discuss it. We've, we've established it. Fine, I've accepted it. I will stay home from school today, but we're not going to talk about it anymore. Um, whereas Charlie is more of the, like... I must take to the bed. <laughs> oh no. Sickly Victorian Charlie. Yes. That makes sense. Um Aww. yes. Lean in. <laughs> to sickness. Well. That's what her fainting couch is for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was um, nice. We had we had sick days like well, I mean I was working through most of it, so Justin got some sick days with him, but um we like marathon Gravity Falls and we built two Lego castles and I don't know. Those were good, good quality sick days. That's Very good. active sick days. Well, I mean, you know, we watched Gravity Falls. Um, it was also an eventful day in many, many a Swifty household um, this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Big things happened. Um, we all, we all got tricked. We all were fooled and bamboozled once again. So, you didn't know she was going to announce a new album? I thought she was going to announce Reputation, Taylor's version. 
Everybody. Oh did. yeah, everybody's Everybody been talking did. about it because of the dresses she's worn. Because of the dresses she's worn, and because in in the Karma music video, she was holding a cup of coffee that had a clock on the top, like foam art, and it was a clock. And she has her nails painted according to all the eras on her tour. And the fifth one is blue for 1989. The sixth one is black for reputation. And the blue nail was next to the eight on the clock. And she ended up announcing 1989 in August on her tour. Mm -hmm. So the black one was next to the two. So we all thought, so she's announcing reputation in February. It's February. Where... It's a whole new. It's a whole and new. She, a whole new and album. she announced the Dead Poet Society, the Torture Poets Department. <laughs> I don't. Are either of those the real title? The Tortured Poets Department is the name of the album. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me which, and every dad is going to be calling it the Dead Poet Society. Yeah. It just it doesn't flow. I sat there after she announced it. I watched the Grammys with my friends who all are also Swifties, and we just sat there looking at each other like that's not. That's not right. That can't be I, right. I just want to know, um, how was she gonna? If she didn't win, what was the plan there? Was that was the album a reward to the world for for giving her a Grammy? Like, if not, she was like, never mind. Then that album's going in the vault. Mm-hmm. She's got a vault. Well, it's, it's, it's a big actually, deal about it. She had her first concert of the Eras tour of this year. Um, I mean, I guess technically it was today on Wednesday, February seventh, but. In our time, it was like hours ago because it was in Tokyo. Um, and uh, she said if she hadn't won anything, she was going to announce it that first night in Tokyo. Well, and she said, but I was lucky enough to win. So I got up there and it just came out. Mm-hmm. And she, she won another she one and she made win. history. Yeah. She won fourth album of the year. Um, yeah, uh, I, I told Charlie that she won another Grammy she didn't know and I, I told her this was yesterday and I told her about the new album and she had no idea mm-hmm. she was way behind on this news yeah and uh, she said so that makes um, 13 or 14 14 now album has count of her Grammys 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 yeah that was her 14th Charlie knew this off the top of her head <laughs> and I said honey why do you know um, that I'm sorry <laughs> And she said, I'm a Swifty. And I was like, yeah, but I'm sorry. You I, didn't know she won a Grammy this is my and fault. that she announced a new album two nights ago. But you do know the exact number of Grammys she has, including the one I just told you she had one. So you could update it quickly. Like, oh, well, that would make you four, 14 now, I think. I'm I'm hoping it's because of the Taylor Swift fact book I got her for Christmas. <laughs> I'm hoping it's in there somewhere. Maybe she's just really good at reading. Um she loves any kind of fact books. Yeah. We were reading. That was another thing too. we did while we were sick. We read through like these 500 weird facts for kids or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to stop, though, because we were in the animal section. And like almost all the weird animal facts are gross. Mm-hmm. And we were at a point where like both of them were sort of coughing up a lot of mucus and they weren't really in a gr- like they didn't want gross information. Yeah. They were the gross animals in the yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need more. They didn't need to yeah. read about them. There, but it was strange how many of the animal facts were like really grody things. Mm. I don't. I don't know why that's, I mean, that makes. But sense. I mean, kids like grody stuff. But do you know that when rats like 
nest together, their tails can get knotted together. Rat king. And they become a rat king. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes um, they get like they pee on themselves because they're all stuck there together and they can freeze into like a frozen rat pee cube. Mm-hmm. I like how you I like how you read these gross facts and you were like, mm, you know what I'm going to do with these? I'm going to wait until I'm on a podcast with my siblings and I'm going to make them listen to them. Well, I just I didn't know this thing. I said this thing and I thought Justin how did you was not just know about a rat collapse. king? Yeah, I don't know. I knew about a rat king. I saw a video of it happening with squirrels. Oh. I guess that's a squirrel king. Oh no. Yeah. That has to be this Justin's so worst exciting. nightmare, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know I said it, and Justin like literally fell out of his chair and just like <laughs> hit the floor. He was like, "Please don't ever! I can't! I have to! I have to leave the room. Go scrub my brain." Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's it's been it's been eventful. Um, Cooper's birthday parties this weekend. It's Willy Wonka themed, so we've been planning that. And that just Mom, means you get a bunch of candy, right? Mom, keep no. Oh. Mom's involved, so oh, okay. No. She was like, "We're gonna put the chocolate river in the playroom." <laughs> she said this to me at one point this past week on the phone when I was like, I was working on something else, and I was like, "That sounds good." That's what she was talking about. There's a like pin the gum on Violet's mouth game, and like there's a bubble, like she blew a bubble, and you're supposed to like put it on a picture of her mouth, like pin the tail on the donkey. Um, she did like toss rings on the fizzy lifting bottles. So she's made up all these games, and then she was like, she said something about the Chocolate River, and I was like, the what? <laughs> she was like, we're going to put the Chocolate River up in the playroom, don't worry. So I have not asked, like, is it cho- is it really chocolate? <laughs> I'll, I'll follow follow up on that one. Is it, I would ask some questions. Yeah. Is it actually chocolate? <laughs> I think that's I necessary information. Mm. I bought a chocolate fountain. Like, you know, a chocolate fountain mm-hmm. for them to have. Because I thought that would be fun. We'll have that for the kids. And, like, I'll cut up fruit and have pretzels and marshmallows, whatever you dip in a chocolate fountain. And I found myself, like, I was looking for one. And I was showing Justin, like, this looks like a good one. Like, I don't know. They had some, like, $20 chocolate fountains. And that made me a little nervous. <laughs> like, and I was looking at it and reading reviews. Like, do you think it works? Like, what if it breaks? Like, We'll probably use this more than once. Should we invest more? Invest in a chocolate fountain. <laughs> like, should we go for the thirty dollar mm-hmm. chocolate fountain over the twenty dollar chocolate fountain? And it occurred to me that I think on some level, I still think chocolate fountains are fancy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was getting lost in like they're so fancy. They first of all, I can't believe I'm just allowed to buy one, and secondly, I need to make sure like I get a good quality one. Because chocolate fountains are fancy. I mean, they are. <laughs> well, I don't know uh, what. <laughs> can I just say I it is? It is so so Cooper coded for her to be like, ah, uh, you know, the one thing that I want a fountain of at my birthday that I love, the one thing my sister hates. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yes, so Cooper of her. <laughs> I know. That's what. There's gonna be so much chocolate and. I don't know. I told I told Charlie. I said we will make sure there's because Charlie does like white chocolate. And mm-hmm. I was like, we'll make sure there's white chocolate, and, and we'll you know there'll be gummies and fruity candies. And are you sure Mom's not just going to turn that fountain on its side mm-hmm. and let it like shoot chocolate across your playroom? I am not sure. 
Just get a water slide with a pump mechanism and just fill it. Fill it with chocolate. There you go. Oh, God. I don't know. I'm very nervous about this now. I, I she don't. was showing me these giant mushrooms, like these giant inflatable mushrooms she got. And I'm like, I didn't really ask questions. And now I'm thinking, like, are, are we going to put frosting on them? You know, like in the movie, like. How deep is this going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, the the invitations were golden tickets, and those are really cute. That's, well, that's very cute. cute. Yeah, I'll report back about the chocolate fountain or the chocolate river. Chocolate fountain as well. I, I yeah. I, did you go? Did you go high quality? Did you go top of the line? I did not. Okay. How Here's, how high does the top of the line go in chocolate fountains? So so like just from a quick search for them. So like I I don't know. I'm sure that they're like actual catering supply companies where you can buy like industrial strength you know what i mean like i am certain that they go much higher than this but as far as for commercial purchase by moms throwing birthday parties the cheapest i found was 20 bucks and then i found some that were like 120 130 dollars there's that whole range Mm. um and some of it is that they get an extra tier (laughs) You're paying for like four tiers of chocolate or three tiers of chocolate. Um, I went with the uh, twenty nine ninety nine. That felt like a good, and it's from Wilton. Like Wilton's they make good. chocolate and cake things, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that feel like feels good. With a piece of equipment like that, I feel like the emphasis would be on how cleanable is it, because mm-hmm. a, a used chocolate fountain to biohazard pipeline is probably a pretty <laughs> short one in general so well i wondered if that's like i mean if if you look at the ones that are like restaurant grade you know for all the restaurants that have chocolate fountains yeah yeah common yeah that's like like all of them in new york do right because they're fancy oh, no <laughs> just a public use chocolate fountain is just <laughs> no but i imagine those are like some sort of metal, right? Like, probably. Yeah, like the ones you see at weddings. You know, yeah. the fancy weddings. So, I mean, that that was, that, I think, is where the price breakdown comes. Like, if I had wanted to pay over $100 for a chocolate... If I was thinking, today I'd like to wake up and pay over $100 for a chocolate fountain, I think I would have gotten, like, the metal ones, which probably are easier to clean and more mm. sanitary. Um, under that, you're really looking at plastic things, and then it's just like how sturdy and hard to put together, I think, is what you're going to be dealing with. So this one looked, I mean, it's plastic. It looks cleanable. It it looks pretty easily to like take apart to wash all the pieces. I don't know. I I, I went with, the, with enough that I thought if we want to use this again, we can use it again. It's not something that is going to like completely crumble after one use, I don't think. Mm. I just, in my head, when you said easy to put together, I... I don't know why I thought the chocolate would be, would be there when you put it together. So I was envisioning you like, there's chocolate. I'm Aww. trying to put it together. No, that you put the chocolate in later. You I buy bet the chocolate. I bet the chocolate goes in after the fact. Anyway, well, that's what led me to this one. Is that when you search for chocolate fountains, you also just get like links to like the bags of the little chocolate discs mm-hmm. that you melt to make the chocolate fountain. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so those are also made by Wilton if you want. I mean, I am certain lots of people make those little chocolate discs, but yeah. 
there's the connection. Anyway, I'll let you know how the chocolate fountain goes. Good luck. That is, it is very fancy. So. I know. I that that somehow that part of my brain, where as a kid looked at a chocolate fountain and thought, "Wow, someday I hope I could own a chocolate fountain of my own." That part never grew up. <laughs> oh, there you go. I yeah, I, under- I, oh. I, I understand that that feeling, but I I I don't know. To me, it just feels like. That was just a chocolate fountain with little grubby kids. That's just going to be the grossest thing ever. They're going to be putting their grubby little hands in there, and it just gets recycled up in there. Oh, you bet. That's going to just be just a germ, just to be chocolate with a side of germs. Germs with a side of chocolate. Yes, I thought about this as I was sitting there telling Cooper. Cooper was telling me all the things she wanted me to put around it to dip into it. And she was telling me, and I said, honey, just on a side note, you know you can't stick your finger in it, right? <laughs> and she said, well, why? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. So I've had a long talk with Cooper about why you can't stick your fingers in the chocolate fountain. But, like, I don't know that every other five or six-year-old who's coming to this birthday, because these are, I mean, Cooper's turning six. So these are five and six-year-olds. Yeah, you're you're not going to have a party full of five and six-year-olds and free-flowing chocolate and not just have fingers at the least of your concerns. It's going to be whole arms. <laughs> have heads in there. They're just going to stick their mouth their under, head it. under it. Yeah. God. Ugh. What's our We're deal? We're going to have to put one parent on chocolate fountain duty. What's our deal as a society with melty things that we stick things into? Why is that fun? Like, there's a whole restaurant chain that's just about giving you pots of melty things for you to dip things in. Fondue? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just melty things you dip. Why do we love that so much? Cheese is great. Yeah, cheese is great. <laughs> but, like, oh. I've been I've been to those fondue places. They don't just give you the cheese. They give you, like, like fla- flavored boiling oil for you like oil cook, cook you, your mm-hmm. meat in and put vegetables in and stuff it's like an activity and a meal yeah i just want to be brought food that i can then put in my mouth that's the activity i want to do is the putting the food <laughs> into my mouth that's it well i don't i don't mind an interactive dining experience but uh i don't i don't know the the, the I don't know what has happened to this chocolate b- before it's recycled and now it is mm-hmm. on my strawberry. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that I it's the chocolate fountain is going to look really cool, and then as soon as people start using it, everything's going to fall apart. Is what I am what I am afraid of. I hope it descends into total anarchy. Just chocolate covered <laughs> children running around. <laughs> just, just a battle in the chocolate field. river. <laughs> just just waiting in the chocolate river. <laughs> <laughs> just floating down there like eyes peering up above the water like a crocodile <laughs> in the chocolate river that is going to be in my uh, playroom apparently uh-huh. Uh-huh. take pictures I, oh I will I will have lots of pictures of this of this event I mean um, that is what's going to happen the first kid to break that seal and stick their full arm or face in the chocolate fountain then it's just all bets are off. I want to, you know what? I think I'm going to put myself on chocolate fountain duty. Mm, you just want to be in charge of the chocolate fountain because it's fancy. 
it's fancy but also like then if you if you find a job like that at a kids event that like someone has to do but they have to stay in that one place and do it the whole time then you don't have to do any other jobs that this is my job this is my job at this event well that means if it goes to goes to total chaos well then you take the blame that's on you high high risk high reward Mm -hmm. (laughs) but but Um, you are chocolate adjacent the whole time too yeah (laughs) i know well and i can stick my fingers in it as much as i want nobody now whoa whoa (laughs) that's not i'm kidding i wouldn't do that with your your four-day incubation on the 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 blue (laughs) i'm not getting it you're a medical physician sydney typhoid sydney I'm not getting it. My oh. white blood cells are too strong. They're beefy cells. <laughs> They're m- little muscular arms, just like boop, boop, boop. Mm-hmm. Can't refuse. Them. Antibodies attack. Can explain that to a doctor when you're sick? Well, you see, um, <laughs> my immune system is very intimidating to uh, invading pathogens, so nothing dares. Mm, so they don't mess with me. So I know you might I, think I'm sick, but I'm fine. No. I'm fine. I scared the germs away. It's, we're mounting a defense right now. We'll win handily. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have this. I, I'd rather not talk about it anymore, if you don't mind. I don't want to acknowledge sickness. This um, is fine. This is a healthy attitude I have. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's good. That's good. Um, this, is not, this has not driven me to work sick ever in my life. Now that we've spent 22 minutes yeah. <laughs> talking about chocolate fountains. What are we supposed to be talking about, Riley? We're supposed to be talking about uh, the album The Good Witch by Maisie Peters, uh, which is an album that I brought for us to discuss. It just came out last year. Um, and yeah, I, I was lucky enough to see Maisie Peters in concert when she came to D.C. in October. Um, and I've been a fan of her since well before that, but... Uh, seeing her in concert reminded me that we had never talked about her so now i'm gonna admit right off the bat i listened to the wrong album at first cool mm-hmm. so good way to start I, yeah well i got confused so i listened to her other album mm-hmm. twice okay signed up for this mm-hmm. well because i really wanted to be prepared and so i listened to that twice That's and i discussed one. it with charlie uh-huh. and we talked about songs and then it wasn't until later that i realized oops so I did listen to the Good Witch, but I had well, I had listened you're... to the I had prepared I had studied for the other one I studied for the wrong material mm-hmm. is what I'm admitting to you now I, mean, I, I don't prepared that this, that's not how a test works it <laughs> you can't show up and say you, you studied the wrong material so give me a test on that material please po- please points for please effort give me that test no <laughs> uh, I realized that I I knew a lot of these songs at least snippets of them from uh, from TikTok this yeah. is a very TikToked album. It is. It is a very TikTok'd album. Uh, mm-hmm. And Sydney, I'm glad you mentioned you signed up for this because one of the songs on that, I'm trying in parentheses, not friends, is like the reason I was aware of who Maisie Peters was because it blew up on TikTok so much. Mm-hmm. I want to say like, I think the, the album came out in 2021. So around then, it was several years ago. Um, but uh, I heard that on TikTok so many times that I sought out who sang it. And that was the reason I became familiar with the rest of her stuff. Um, but yes, it is very TikToked. She's mm-hmm. very TikTokable. Um, yeah. How was the live show? It was great. Um, it was it was very, very good. She was very good. Um, 
very entertaining. I like, I was thinking about while I was re-listening to this and while I was thinking about the show, um, I feel like she isn't like a, I don't want to say a solo artist. Like it, she isn't a band. She is Maisie Peters. But I do feel like she, in her performance and in her songs, also like incorporates her band a lot and makes it about like them as a group and less about her as a singer, which I like because it's fun to, you know, watch a whole group of um, people having fun making music. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's what I was trying to figure out if the song The Band and I was like about a band that she did have because it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like there's a band. Right. You know, it sounds like a singer-songwriter mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. But I like yeah, that, that song. Is, yeah, that was, that was fun to see live because, of course, all the people she's naming in that song um, are on the stage with her. So that was fun. That is cool. But yeah. yeah, I like that one. Um, I like to, I mean, generally speaking, across both albums, I like the vibe. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like this, you, you bring a lot of artists that, like the music it's just a it's like a it's a vibe yeah Um, yeah yeah charlie and i were listening to it on her sick day and Mm -hmm. so we were sitting there together listening through the album and talking about the songs and then she would sort of tell me a story from school or something while we were listening to the music in the Mm -hmm. background and i don't know we listened she really liked it too but it was fun it was like it was just a very like laid back relaxed we're talking Mm -hmm she's sharing some stuff about friends and things and struggles and it fit that kind of mood too like oh growing up let's talk about what you're going through and i don't know it just it was like yeah. the right music for this mother-daughter bonding we were having yeah yeah i agree i, I find myself most of the music listening i do is while i'm either walking somewhere or while i'm studying or reading um so i like things that i can kind of turn on in the background to have like you know I can focus on other things while I am listening. And I definitely think she is one of those artists that I like having on, but also like having on when I'm in the car driving home and can, you know, sing along and Mm -hmm. dance. Car dance. Car dance. Mm -hmm. Uh, She definitely gives me like a lot of Taylor Swift vibes. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Both in content, like lyrical content of her song and, and like the musical stylings. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, she mm-hmm. said before that, that Taylor Swift is an influence of hers, which I think you can tell because there's a lot more emphasis in a lot of her songs on the lyrics as opposed to like the, the hook or the music. Mm-hmm. Um, even in some of her songs, she does more of like a... I'm trying to remember which one it is that I'm thinking about now. Um, Holy Revival, maybe. Like she does a lot of almost talking mm-hmm. and that's not exactly on the beat of the music. But it's like, I don't know. There's not always the same like uniform structure to her songs, if that makes sense. It's a lot more focused on the, the lyrics and the words as opposed to the actual music. Probably a little more influenced by the what are the two Taylor Swift the folklore and mm-hmm. what's the other one? Yeah, yeah. that is more like that. Evermore. Yes. Yeah. I in my head was the word Everclear. And I knew it yeah. wasn't that. Very strong Everclear influence on this. Folklore and Everclear. <laughs> oh, no. That's what I'm going to call it now. Um. Well, and then, I mean, Everclear, like, do you mean grain alcohol or do you mean the band Everclear? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I would say Maisie Peters does not sound anything like the band Everclear if we're... <laughs> or like the grain alcohol. 
<laughs> no, I don't no. think either one, actually. No. It doesn't remind me of either of those. Mm-mm. Taylor Swift doesn't remind me of either of those. Mm-mm. No. No. So good. No. <laughs> uh, it's always good to list things that um, an artist doesn't make you think of. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sydney, for bringing up that the, the antithesis, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll name some other 90s bands that this isn't like. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> this isn't like Pearl Jam. That's true. You're right. This this isn't like Blink 182. Oh, that's that's fair. I would say it's a little bit. Uh, well, there was one song that was a little bit not heavier, but a little bit mm-hmm. more like like less. I don't know, dreamy. That reminded me a little bit of Avril Lavigne. Like there was a bit of yeah. a bit of that to it, maybe. Yeah. Um. Her singing also, her voice kind of reminds me of Avril Lavigne. Just yeah. the style of her singing and, and her sound. Um, I agree with that. I but, can uh, I can see that. I also, and I, uh, granted, like, I listened to her older album first, but um, I felt like there were some Regina Spector moments here and there mm-hmm. scattered throughout. Like, some, like, quirkiness and playfulness. Because mm-hmm. that's what I always love about Regina Spector is, like, sometimes we're sort of leaving the structure of what we think of as a song for something that's a little playful or fun before mm-hmm. we like get back into the song and there were moments of that that i was like oh that feels a little a little regina specter-ish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i um i also appreciate all of the references she makes to like pop culture or or literature or like other forms of art i feel like she has a lot of like references in there that you can tell these aren't just like generic stories she's sharing. Something about them is very personal to her. Like um, Yoko and History of Man, both mm-hmm. are like very, very loaded with references to other to literature or to history or whatever. Um, I think you can tell it. It shows that those are things that are important to her or to the mm-hmm. story that she's sharing. Um, less yeah. generic breakup songs. I like the, uh, I think it was in Coming of Age, the lyric, what is it, Baby, I'm the Iliad? Of course, you couldn't read yep, me. Yep. <laughs> it's, like, it's, a, it's an intense lyric for a 22-year-old. Yep. <laughs> Support it, though. That was fun. That was fun to to yell. Um, I also appreciate that because you can tell she's, she's an artist who knows her lines that hit especially hard um, mm. and knows her lines that have gone and blown up on TikTok. So when you see her in concert, it's like, mm, this is the one everyone's going to want to yell. I'm going to give it an extra beat so that everyone can get in on it. It's good to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are so many songs that seem to revolve around, like, uh, definitely a relationship that ended and, like, I don't know, she still seems to be in love with this person, but she's also telling this person well, why she's too good for him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. It's like, is this just one dude? Because that's a lot of songs for this one dude. Yeah. Man, that one dude's got to feel real bad. I think his name's Andrew. Yeah, it's Andrew. It's, is it all Andrew? She put, she put his name in the song. Is it really Andrew? I mean, well, I, I mean, do you know the backstory? I know that there's one song that yeah. she sings towards an Andrew, but I'm like, is there all of, there's a lot of songs that are like, you're just a silly little boy. You still love me and I still love you, but uh, you missed out on a really good thing buddy that's they're smarter lyrics than that but i wonder if it's all to andrew yeah i don't know i um i actually don't know if it all is i know that she there's a song that she wrote i think around the same time as this album but it's not on this album i think it's on the one before this called blonde 
um and the refrain is i'll f your life up as a blonde and like then she gets uh. into the chorus and um she says you'll rue the day you did me wrong i'll put your name in all the songs so then she <laughs> came out with this album where she did <laughs> she did put his name in the songs um so i don't know I, I don't know if they're all about the same person i know she's like my age so i don't know how many relationships she's had i mean you know as a 23 year old that's true so you you know i think that's kind of i would say that that's a Mm. it depends on whose side you're on of that (laughs) as someone who has had uh songs like angry songs written about me (laughs) um i kind of wish my name was in it (laughs) what I would like to own that now, like with distance, like that was me. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I would li- I, like, I would think that was kind of cool. Um, cause you assume yeah, everybody you eventually moves on and <laughs> yeah. nobody's still hurt. Yeah. Sydney, um, I don't think that's what John Mayer thinks. I don't think he thinks that about, about Taylor Swift. I, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Because everyone's still yelling at him about it. Because the the flip side is that you're the one running around saying, I promise you, you're so vain is about me. (laughs) That's the flip side. Yeah. And isn't it better to just like, nah, we know it's about me. My name's right in it. But then maybe as the artist, maybe you'd rather not put their name in it because then it's like, now you don't even get that. I mean, I think the benefit of not including a name as an artist is that one, it like, you know, it protects you, but also it makes it so more people can listen and relate and you don't throw a name in there that like makes it like very clearly about a person. You know what I mean? Like people can listen and make it about their own stories. Um, But also it makes it so you can't have people like Sydney out there, like still bringing up your song all those years later, like this is about me. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I, I've never, I've never uh, burned somebody to the point that they've written an angry song about me. So I me can't either. really speak from experience. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a, I, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Was it a good song? At least. I feel like I shouldn't answer that. Okay. <laughs> so oh. no. <laughs> so all great. right. Uh, we were all young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never I, had an angry young. song written about me. It wasn't Justin. I feel like I should clarify that. Like Justin didn't write it. Uh, Justin. Did I mean, write I assume songs. so. Like, you're married was... and have children, so I assume you, you know. Yeah, but we had like a tumultuous. You know, like we were yeah. together. We broke up. We got back together. So, but like he never wrote an angry. As far as I know. As far as you know. I, I mean, if he ever so wrote maybe. an angry song about me, <laughs> maybe it's in the vault. Ah, I don't think he's ever written this. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna ask him when we're done, though. But uh, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I think it would be kind of cool to be Andrew. <laughs> I, I would feel terrible. <laughs> I was like, yeah. wait, oh, my ex wrote a song about me. No, 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 my ex wrote. 20 songs about me yeah there's there are i think there are two songs on this album that are not about a relationship that has like there are none about usually like even if an album is all about relationships there's usually a mix of like 
this is about a good relationship. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is about the end of a relationship. I think most of these songs are about the end of a relationship. Yeah. In the, yeah. You know what's right. interesting, though, since I listened to the other album, um, that was not, well, I mean, two, like on that, al- on that album, that was not the case. So there were some like happy love songs. Well, that was from when she was still with Andrew. That was still like. So. so you really get both sides of Andrew. <laughs> you really get to know Andrew. Because there was one. I'm just going to mention it because I really loved it. Um, Talking to Strangers that yeah. was on the other album. Yeah. Which was about like the idea of, you know, she's going around like all these strangers know all these facts about you because I'm just talking about you all the time. And I thought that was such a really sweet little like when you're in a new relationship and you're so excited about the person that you're seeing that you want to talk about them all the time. And so you keep trying to find excuses to bring them or even subconsciously, you just keep bringing them into conversations, even if they have nothing to do with it. That was a really sweet little ode to that thing that happens. So maybe Andrew got that. Maybe those were all about Andrew, those conversations. Mm -hmm. Maybe. We don't know, though. That's now, that's why you have to name them in every song. No. Yeah, now, Good or now, bad. But now he's just a, a guy on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Which he really... doesn't understand the Beatles. <laughs> it's so... That, guy on a horse is so funny to me post-Barbie. Yeah. Because, like... <laughs> it's just so perfect. Yeah. Now, the, the doesn't understand the Beatles, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. Pretty... I can't say that. I was going to say a D word. It, darning. Mm. Yeah. It's darning about someone to learn. But I don't. But it is fair that, like, I don't know that everybody who's in their early 20s would connect with the Beatles as strongly as us old people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, also, I don't know. Should I have that much connection to the Beatles? Like, I don't know. Well, like our I parents, mean, our grandparents. I don't know. If you're if you're a musician, maybe your connection to other musicians of the past is is different. Sure. Yeah, that's a different perspective. Um, I I will say I appreciate BSC, the the song. I can't say what it stands for because it's oh, a bad yeah. word. But yeah. um, that that is one of my favorites because I appreciate when when you know, I as a woman can recognize when I am indeed BSC, um, and when other when other women when other women do as well. That's that's a good that's a good thing to be. Sometimes <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Deal with it, Andrew. Deal with it, Andrew. Um, and coming of ages is my favorite personally because it does make me feel like I am in my own coming of age movie with it on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, I liked how that kind of turns around the classic, like the lyrics, like the classic trope of the woman is just an, you know, just an accessory in a man's coming of age story. It's like, no, mm-hmm. this is my story. You're just the random person mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, I I I, uh, I know they all are about pretty much all of them are about the ending of relationship or like the the bad parts of relationship. But I do think that at least a lot of them are expressed in very different ways or like focusing on different aspects of it. Like something like Wendy, you know, is a very very sad like kind of trying to get out of a relationship song and finding yourself. But then you get to coming of age, which means before that, but which is like empowering. And, you know, recognizing I let you lead my story kind of now I'm taking it back. Um, 
so it at least has the ups and downs in that way because i know what you i know what you mean usually you would have the positive songs that balance out the sad Mm -hmm. ones you know even in like a quote-unquote breakup album you're still gonna have a little bit of both um but you at least get the the highs and lows kind of in the in the vibe yeah well it's it's impressive to write that many songs that are so sonically different and lyrically Mm -hmm. different like unique doesn't sound repetitive it's mm-hmm. just that the, the subject matter is the same, but yeah, it's, yeah very, all about very Andrew. So not definitely not a read on my part. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> I, uh... I would be terrified to read this this woman. <laughs> yeah, it's like write a you... whole album about <laughs> you. Exactly. Yeah, no, you're very talented and 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 very nice and not crazy at all. It's a very long album too, isn't it? It's it very is twenty one songs. Yeah. Um, I hadn't realized, but that is a very long album. I wonder. You know, it's interesting because. So, so you, like you said, so many of the songs, uh, TikTok uses, you know, mm-hmm. blew up on TikTok. Um, it it seems like that that would give artists who maybe do appeal more to like a demographic that doesn't get catered too much, like young women, mm-hmm. right? Like, which usually gets sort of disregarded mm-hmm. as an important demographic. Um, I wonder if it gives artists the opportunity to like find their audience better that way you know yeah like you can you can create music that isn't for the people who get to decide what music is Mm -hmm. it's for other people and they can find you because of things like tiktok not just tiktok but like as a good example and then you can have an artist like this who is able to locate her audience connect with them and be successful doing Mm -hmm. what she likes to do because otherwise you know there was a long time where like she wasn't gonna get a CD, right. and so <laughs> we weren't going to buy the CD. We weren't going to see it at Sam Goody. So when would we have heard the music? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I've seen that a lot, especially with um, "History of Man" is a song that just recently has blown up on at least the TikTok I am on of a lot of young women around my age discovering her music for the first time through that song. Um, and I think that's a really good. Well, it's a great song, but two, it's an introduction to like kind of her whole vibe because it is kind of more of an an empowering women vibe Mm -hmm. um how you can go through breakups kind of like the way we've talked about with like olivia rodrigo and taylor swift and a lot of Mm -hmm. other more modern young female artists that are talking about getting their heart broken but in a way that is like you're allowed to feel the feelings you have um and they're valid and you're not overly emotional you're not overreacting you're just a person Mm -hmm. with feelings um and i uh i think I think that's very, very clear. By the way, that song has blown up, especially on TikTok. Yeah. It's so interesting how TikTok as a medium caters to artists like this, like organically. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, you, if you have that one kind of like sucker punch line that somebody can, you know, make a video out mm-hmm. of, that's mm-hmm. that's going to get repeated by, you know, millions of people on TikTok that gets you out there and you see that yeah. with lots of artists but yeah her music is specifically is like very well suited for that just because yeah. so many of those one-liners and each song has one mm-hmm. it's like oh this is mm-hmm. this is the TikTok clip <laughs> it's the, the TikTok, TikTok line but hey that's that's smart that's a smart yeah. way to design a song it yeah. is because because I feel like that's such a it's like a blessing and a curse it's a great medium with which to find an audience and then and like quickly you know garner that kind of attention but man you've got to keep doing stuff to keep it right Uh like that's the other thing about it you don't get to produce an album 
and then you have a whole machine behind you to promote that album, to promote you, to sell your brand, to take you on tour, to do whatever. Mm-hmm. So that gives you kind of a moment to take a breath before you produce whatever your next thing is. Mm-hmm. You kind of just have to keep throwing stuff out there that people are going to enjoy to maintain that level of attention until you break through to something bigger. Right. That's got to be intense. Because we've definitely seen the people on TikTok that get that one viral song, but then the next thing they come out with, it's like, oh, that didn't, and go, that yep. wasn't mm-hmm. catchy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why it's interesting, I think, with, with her music that it did blow up that way because I've seen other artists, like, there's one, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call it the song or the artist by name because I want to say they flopped, but like they came out with a song for TikTok and through TikTok. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't published. They put it as a TikTok, like here's a song I wrote and then it blew up and it got millions of views and then they signed a deal and then it was like officially recorded and published and put out and then they tried to put out more music and it didn't do as well. This is kind of the opposite where like this album and her music, she's been publishing music for years but people are just discovering it and then sharing it. Like yeah. the line in history of man, where she says the men start wars yet. Troy hates Helen. I've seen that in endless TikToks with like little suggested search at the bottom of like, who, who is Helen and what is Troy? Yeah. <laughs> of, like people hearing this and not knowing what that means. And it started this whole discourse online of like, what does this mean? And then people listen to the rest of her music from that. And they're like, Oh, there are more references in here. Oh, there are more songs like this. And then they find her and they're introduced to her. But it's really interesting because she's definitely not an artist, you know, that like used TikTok as the way or social media as the way to get out there. She was already mm-hmm. making music and it just really, really boosted her um, on top of her already existing audience. Well, and, and now people know more about ancient Greek history. She's so. given history lessons. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah also i will just say the people i met at this concert were some of the nicest people i've ever met um it was just it was a very safe environment it was just a bunch of like women my age um all hanging out they were all very nice i lost my friend at one point because i went to the bar to get drinks and was trying to find my way back to the big crowd of people standing in the middle trying to find where she was but she's only five feet tall so i couldn't see her and i was just desperately looking around with two drinks like where do i go and they were all helping me out and letting me through and it's a very just all around nice experience. It was a very very good time. Well, good. Yeah, it's lovely. You can tell. Yeah, you can tell by the music the kind of audience um, that curates. Well, I enjoyed it. Thank well, you good. for sharing it. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a favorite off the album to share before we go? Off the appropriate album, or Sydney, if it's not <laughs> off the appropriate album, that's okay too. Well, that's why I'd already picked it because I was going to say I like that talking to strangers a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was such a sweet idea and such a sweet song, and it is a very good one. It was off the wrong album. Taylor, do you have one off the appropriate album? I was trying to. I don't. I wish I'd paid attention to the name better of the one that was a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I liked I liked so many of them. I like I mean the the ones that I feel like like History of Man. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked the You're Just a Boy and mm-hmm. I'm Kind of the Man. That was good. I love that. Uh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Um, but I also I mean like like you mentioned Riley. I like Coming of Age. I thought that yeah. was very mm-hmm. like, empowering, uplifting. Yeah. Is is that your favorite, Riley? That is my favorite. I think that and uh, Wendy is a close second, but mm-hmm. Coming of Age is very fun to listen to. I also like the title song, The Good Witch. The yeah. whole, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of her lyric videos that are all mm-hmm. done like tarot cards. I mm-hmm. like the theming of this whole project, too. 
yeah oh, that's cool it's very good well thank you all for listening i appreciate it no my problem. Favorites, so we enjoyed it um what's next sydney uh somehow we've never talked about clueless yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know how that's possible um major oversight we will rectify it next week cool. sounds good all right well thank you riley thank you for sharing Maisie peters with yeah. us um thank you her new album is called the good witch <laughs> <laughs> That's the one we just talked about for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, That's the one. Yeah. Um, as always, Apple Music can provide all the music you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, or, or wherever you hear music. Um, uh, but thank you. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out a lot of other great podcasts that you'd enjoy. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you, for the, thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And And I I am am too. I'm going to make you tell me after we're off what artists you were talking about. I love TikTok. Because I had a name in mind too, and I wasn't going to say it either. Yeah. No. I don't want to be mean. No. no, me neither. Sound Heap with John Luke Roberts is a real podcast made up of fake podcasts. Like, if you had a cupboard in your lower back, what would you keep in it? So I'm going to say mugs. A little yogurt and a spoon. A small handkerchief that was given to me by my grandmother on her deathbed. Maybe some spare honey. I'd keep batteries in it, I'd pretend to be a toy. If I had a cupboard in my lower back, I'd probably fill it with spines. If you had a cupboard in your lower back, what would you keep in it? Doesn't exist. We made it up for Sound Heap with John Luke Roberts, an award-winning comedy podcast from Maximum Fun, made up of hundreds of stupid podcasts. Listen and subscribe to Sound Heap with John Luke Roberts now. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.